Hey, Prague fam, this is your host, Randy Salo. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that the feature-length documentary that I made about Norway's dark progressive meddlers in Matter Mortem is going to premiere in London on June 12th at the Castle Cinema. Hal of the Underdogs is the story of Matter Mortem and their singer, who, struggling with a lifelong eating disorder in an image-obsessed industry, undergoes weight loss surgery to battle the demons that have given birth to their music. After filming with the band during their 20th anniversary year as they recorded new music, toured Europe, and reunited all of their former members in Oslo for a once-in-a-lifetime show, the film explores how the band boils down their internal demons, Scandinavian cultural norms, and an image-obsessed industry into inspiration inspirational music that reaches fans around the world. We are very excited that Dock and Roll London will be presenting the film with the Norwegian Embassy in London sponsoring. Metal Hammer journalist Jonathan Seltzer will be hosting the event and myself and Matter Mortem singer Agneta Kierkevag will be joining in for a Skype Q&A after the screening. So grab your tickets while they last. You can find a link to purchase those at the film's website, www.howlofthunderdogs.com. That's howlofthunderdogs.com. Check in the show notes for the link as well. Okay, see you at the show and on with the broadcast. Hello, everybody. This is Ragnar from the Icelandic rock band Ask the Slave, and you're listening to the broadcast. Welcome back to another episode of the broadcast. Uh, this is episode 141, and uh, we have uh, uh, Ragnar calling from uh, Iceland, and mm. he is here to uh, tell us, hopefully, everything about his uh, upcoming album with Ask the Slave called... Uh, Good things, good bad things, people. bad people. I was just thinking about which way around. <laughs> exactly, bad things, good people, or is it? <laughs> it I think it's uh, you. You switch it around in the, in the song, right? The lyrics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the broadcast, Ragnar. Um, Thank you. We had the pleasure of uh, talking about music before when you were here in Munich with with uh, Arstidir, um mm -hmm. in December. 2018 maybe um well. but uh that interview i transcribed it and uh if i remember correctly and and um uh published it as an article on the proc space but now you're here on the procast and um yeah there's this weird band called ask the slave and uh i i heard rumors about it because i knew that like your your nickname was Ruggy Slave and you told me mm -hmm. that was kind of because of your first band and mm -hmm. um, now finally there's an album coming and it looks like it's it's kind of the the first really international release that you guys are doing but you've been around for a long time uh, if I'm informed correctly uh, it says here on my sheet established in 2004 um, and there's also two, um, two, two other albums that you put out between that time and now. Um, but now, yeah, it's, it's, you're finally, it seems like you're getting, uh, onto an international stage. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
to start with, maybe you, you can uh, introduce the band to us, wh where you're coming from, uh, what, what the lineup looks like, and uh, what, what happened until now with Ask the Slave mm -hmm. that we were unaware well, of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the lineup is as traditional as I guess it goes. Drums, bass, two guitarists and a, and a frontman, which is me. Um, but other than that, there's nothing ordinary about this band. Um, we we strive to be different. We strive to be annoying in the sense that people cannot put a label on us. So we're very, very, very eclectic. And if you listen to an Ask a Slave album, uh, you'll have, you know, extremely heavy parts, extremely progressive parts. You have mad parts, but you also have the polar opposites, beauty, uh, tenderness, all that. So um As a slave is, is if there ever was an eclectic band in Iceland, then then I, we're definitely uh, trying to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's how it started, and like you know, we uh, basically me and my friend Elvar we we formed this band in 2004 because we had a similar approach to music, which was was just like you know, do what the fuck what the fuck we we want. So there was no genre, no direction. We just sort of started tossing ideas and 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 then it became a game of who can come up with the most with the weirdest idea so <laughs> like the what informs our composing is always and still to this day how can we make the other members laugh or go like oh that's fucked up man <laughs> and then we have we have one rule in the band when you walk into the rehearsing space like we call it the fuck rule which means like whenever somebody brings an idea or we compose something then you know then we then we take one extra step and said and fuck it up whatever whatever we just made we we then fuck it up <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah that's sort of the at the heart of our music but history wise we we recorded our first ep in 2004 and um and then we recorded our first album kiss your cora in 2007 and then the the order of things in 2010 and we were very active in the aesthetic metal scene from uh playing live from 2005 to 2011 um we were a staple at the annual metal festival called isnaflug mm -hmm. and of course whenever there was a metal gathering uh in Reykjavik in those years concert then we would either be on stage or very drunk in front of the stage <laughs> so very much involved in the metal community and this is why before i started playing with arstia and all these other projects people knew me as the frontman of as the slave and that's why i'm still to this day known as raki slave <laughs> in uh, in Reykjavik. But then after 2011 um we sort of just took our time with a new album we uh, our drummer he moved away from Reykjavik so uh, it was just like a natural pause in in rehearsing and playing live and then this uh yeah this um pause sort of dragged on for for another 10 years for 10 years but we always met regularly me and the me and the, the members and uh we were still writing uh ideas and and working on these ideas for the the album good things bad people and uh, about two years ago we, we got another drummer and uh, we also got a new bass player and they brought a lot of 
fresh sort of energy and, mm -hmm. and a fresh perspective on these songs that we have been probably overworking for almost a decade. So we rearranged the songs and recorded them. And, th and now it happened kind of fast. We recorded the, the album versions pretty fast. And that's a year ago. We had the album ready. And then we just took our time to shop for a label because we figured if we took 10 years to make this album, then we can take a few months to find a label. And, and we found a very cool label called Crime Records. And when I say cool, I mean like this is, these are guys who are just like us. They enjoy fucked up ideas mm -hmm. and they don't, they like to roll things a bit differently. So it was, a, it was a spiritual and musical match made in heaven. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> and, and it also means that, um, yeah, word is getting out that there's this, this, uh, hidden gem from Iceland coming, uh, to fuck up any musical expectations <laughs> uh, and, and yep. spreading the word, spreading the word worldwide. <laughs> yeah. May, uh, annoying people everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I have all these other projects where I, you know, where I have a particular, you know, impact in mind or something that I want to achieve. But in, uh, as a slave, it's, it's just like one of those projects where, it's just like the project where I, you know, I love the fact that people don't get us. <laughs> well, either they get us completely and they love it or they don't. And uh, there's not, not been a single critic in Iceland who, who really understood us yet. So that's why we've always been a kind of problem child. And, and that's exactly according to plan. <laughs> so so how, how about the, the critics? Uh outside of Iceland that have heard uh, good things, bad people already. And uh, mm -hmm. is, did you did you get some uh, early reviews already? Yes, we have. And that's actually as expected. Uh, people completely loved it or completely hated it. There's nothing in between. Um, we were actually more excited when we, we uh, there's a Greek uh, magazine who gave us one out of 10. And nice. uh, we lifted pretty much every quote from that from that uh, review and posted all over our social media. It's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, and then the, the actually, that, that's actually the only bad review we got. And then the other one, all the other ones were, were actually very insightful. So um, I'm starting to think that um, Prague lovers outside of Iceland, you know, they, yeah are true Prague lovers. <laughs> Let's just, or, or, I'll, I'll rephrase that. In Iceland, we have a lack of of true progressive rock lovers that are also music critics. So I think uh, okay. it's really nice. It's really nice to to feel that um, we're finding sort of our tribe outside of Iceland because nobody in Iceland has really understood us. <laughs> Apart from the metal fans who who love to see you at the shows, <laughs> of course, of course. But the the metal community in Iceland is is very small. I mean. It, it's a small country and the music scene is small and then you have the metal community but that goes without saying the metalheads they they like each other and you know so <laughs> it's just the mainstream never never sort of got as a slave the metalheads they of course they always <laughs> they always get it <laughs> um but, yeah, let's dive into the album it comes out on Friday uh June 4th and mm -hmm. um 
So that's in a couple of days. And uh, I'm actually very, very excited to show the album to to a lot of my friends because it's it's so weird, it's so fun, it's so crazy. And um, as you said, it's very, very varied and diverse. Um, just uh, the intro of the first song, Catch-22, I, 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 I always... Have the feeling you at some point you you'll you'll start singing uh, Oberon Miranda and Titania, you know the Pink Floyd stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. To me, that's you know uh, classic Astro Slave setup. We're we're setting people, the listener, up for to to be disappointed, or or not, or like or or the opposite of that actually. But we're setting people up musically. Uh, yeah, it's a false setup. And <laughs> from the top, there is no top. This mantra is actually. Um, slave speak we have our own sort of private humor private language because we've been together now for 17 years so whenever when we're rehearsing and we we're about to hit a song and the drummer's about to go we're like one two three four then we always say from the top there is no top it's like one of those you know <laughs> spiritual rock mantras that means absolutely nothing and <laughs> so that's our own mantra sort of and the setup that i want to achieve with this sort of sort of happy Disney style almost choir is, <laughs> is to sort of make people feel like they're in a one of those uh, you know r water tunnels in Disneyland where you sort of slow slowly sail on one of those small silly boats and there's like puppets all around you singing it's a small world after all <laughs> kind of a you know Disney style <laughs> false up and then when that's done we we you descend Jump into, night, into, the, into the nightmares uh, material with yep. uh, the, the second single, Wounded Knee. Um, and um, yeah, when I when I heard the, the first uh, two singles, uh, Chain Gang and Wounded Knee, I was... Uh, uh, how, how can I put it eloquently? Um, I, I discovered or, or I heard... A lot of, uh, you know, this 90s King Crimson, I don't know, Mike Patton vibe from it that that's very, very rare. And uh, it's just so much fun that, like, in recent years, there was only one band that that were kind of dabbling in these kind of waters. And that was uh, l last year, the debut album from Gargoyle. Oh, um, okay. And it, I haven't heard that. It, it's kind of... You know, um, there's a bit of grunge and alternative rock maybe inside, and and but but it's always weird and and always takes a weird turn, and it it, it surprises you with some very very heavy and very very aggressive stuff that you wouldn't have expected when you've heard the first song. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it it's 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 kind of uh um yeah, it's very very surprising and uh as you said, uh, it's uh, definitely the um your the goal that you have told us that you want to play with expectations of people. I think you're definitely achieving it with, with that album. Thanks. Um happy to hear that. And also, like we had, we had a discussion, of course, with the label um, because the first three singles are uh, are showing one side of the album, you know, slightly the, the sort of 
especially now with Tiger It, who was released two days ago. Yeah, uh, which is like you know, it's just madness and pedal, you know, metal to the uh, pedal to the to the metal. You know, the, pretty much the most mad thing we, we have ever done. And so between that and Chain Gang, we're showing display more of the the sort of Mike Patton, Jordan Soren kind of gung ho side <laughs> to us. But those are not the songs that got the label interested in us because um, they are more sort of melodic and more progressive and uh, and more sort of honed in a I mean, like a Queen esque King Crimson kind of way. Yeah. So so we were debating with the label which one which things to put out, and we sort of you know, true to our, you know, our uh, quest to annoy, <laughs> chose to put out the, the, the weird stuff first, not to make it too easy on people. But then on the album, there are some like, like hands down, uh, like beautiful songs as well, you know, um, like yep. Eulogy is one of my personal favorites because I got to record 80 tracks of vocals fun for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and we were building these queen style harmonies, you know, this incredible uh, castles of, of vocal harmonies and layers upon layers. And, and that's just like hands down, you know, beautiful progressive music. Uh, it's nothing, and we're not actually annoying anyone at that point. Well, except for my Rob Halford imitation and in, in the in the middle part, but you know, <laughs> it's fairly straightforward still. And, um, so yeah, um, we could have gone out with those kind of singles and giving people and eased people into the material, so to speak. But we chose not to. <laughs> also, also, the the title track is kind of as also this kind of whimsical uh, vibe, like a little bit of funny, but also you know sketchy. Like, is this really gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we sort of. Uh, we were gravitating towards like Tom Waits territory in that one, like in, in the way we arranged the instruments. So yeah, uh, having a piano standing here next to me, that's never been tuned, but it has this beautiful dark tone and, you know, and it's, it's perfectly out of tune. So it sounds <laughs> out of tune in a, in a nice way. And uh, the bass player, he, he, uh, he has a, a double bass, you know, acoustic double bass. So we were sort of, uh, yeah, going to sort of a morbid, sort of dark, uh, almost jazz territory with uh, with the instrumentation on that one. Yeah, and then in the, in the middle of the album, we have uh, there there's kind of the the band title song "Slave," which is mm -hmm. has kind of a narration going on and stuff. So I was wondering if that uh, and, and th there's also the band title, the the, the band name. Is, is, ask is, the slave that told that uh, that sold the uh, ask the slave that told the tale to the king for him to sing, a colored muse inspired blues. The king of prunes bought and sold the tunes. This is actually our, our manifesto. Uh, yeah, so I wrote it for our first album in two thousand seven, and it has appeared on all three albums in in different reincarnations, but always the same lyrics. All right. Um, yeah, I'm. The I have like a, like the news press release uh, here from the German PR agency that says that the first two albums uh, are gonna gonna be available um, uh, in the box set, remixed mm -hmm. and mastered with bonus tracks. Um, so I'll, I'm I'm very very curious to 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 hear the the previous stuff because now that I've listened to. 
um, good things, bad people a lot. I'm, uh, I, I really want to want to know what you guys sounded like, you know, um, 10 years ago, <laughs> 15 years ago. <laughs> are, they, yeah. are, are you going to put them on uh, digital streaming services as well? Or are they, yeah. will they be only available as the uh, physical releases uh, for now? Uh, both. But obviously the physical release comes with uh, bonus material. And, and like there's like, well, let's see, there's three bonus songs on the order of things. And yeah, and two bonus songs on Kiss Your Cora. I got to see this here. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> so obviously, you know, for connoisseurs, uh, I hope they will uh, buy the physical, you know, release and get the full sort of the full picture. Yeah. But I think uh, the plan is to release also uh, digitally the uh, uh, normal albums i mean the normal version of the albums nice. um but, they, but they've both been remastered for this purpose and the first album was even remixed and remastered for this purpose cool. simply because it was the first thing we recorded uh it was the first full-length album that we ever made and i remember we had a pro tools mbox one <laughs> you know, uh you know very very sort of mm, yeah early sort of uh, sound card and a couple of SM57s and we were just pointing them at the instruments not really knowing how to capture sound waves at all you know but <laughs> through some kind of mad miracle uh, the album sounded okay <laughs> but uh, our mixing engineer Axel Flex who is kind of like you know he, he's to ask a slave what George Martin was to the Beatles you know meaning he has he has the same sick humor as we have um so when he was mixing good things bad people and remastering the other things he just sort of did a did a, a full overhaul on on kiss your cora as well uh replaced some of the some of the maybe the, the bass drum you know uh, to make it a bit bit more fat and stuff like that but um so it sounds surprisingly good uh this first album especially given the fact that we didn't know what the fuck we were doing <laughs> at the time but there's, there's that's the thing right today uh, i've been recording albums for well yeah since 2007 you know every year with different bands and and i'm so knowledge knowledge uh, i know so much about recording techniques today but the the danger with that is sometimes you lose the charm you lose the um you could lose the uh the sort of the spontane spontaneity yeah of, of making music when you don't know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> so that's why i love kiss record our first album uh because that, that, that's like you only make your first album once in a lifetime and that's that, that and it has like this magical charm for that, it. that reminds me of one of one of my favorite debut albums of all time that is psychotic waltz is uh, a social grace and i also have the feeling that the, those guys they had no idea what they were doing especially uh you know um uh, Songwriting-wise, they were also just putting together these super weird songs and uh, put it out and named it, labeled it hippie prog metal or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, but I love that stuff. It's like you're you're so unhinged when you come from sort of uh, when you, when you when you write or record that way. You're so unhinged, and and there's some magic that can be made when you. Yeah, you don't have any, it, 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 it doesn't come 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 across as uh, you know uh, calculated or pretentious or anything. It's just a genuine 
uh, the genuine wonder of experimentation, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you al already talked a bit about your your um, uh, about a, a couple of um, different um, differently sounding parts in in the album and. Uh, of course, this is a rock band, so so all the people that that kind of got to know you over the last years with our studio, um, they they will hear uh, you from a whole new side, a whole new side yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I had the 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 pleasure to see you play and sing with our studio a couple of times, and. In in our studio concert, there there there's the the odd moment out where you you actually can go in into into rock mode with your voice. Um, so so I'm I'm wondering how is it for you when you when you have this um, you know this different canvas where you can just go crazy with your voice and belt it all out? Is it? Uh, like, is it a different mindset for you? Um... Yes, it, it is. And it's such a different mindset that I even, like for As a Slave, I, I call it musical theater. What I, at least my part of the, of the music we make together is musical theater. So um, when I write a lyric and a, and a vocal and vocal lines for As a Slave riffs, and um, then I, I like to invent a character like an actor invents a character and then I'll, then I'll simply let the character write the lyric, tell wow. his or her story. And, and then I invent a, a voice for that character. So it's not Ragnar Olsen singing, but for every slave song, it's, it's like this new character singing and this new character has a different uh, voice literally and so it becomes like a game for me to change my voice and yeah. find different textures for every different song so all the all the voices we hear on uh good things bad people is everything uh your voice or are there other people involved uh, well i mean uh for the lead vocals uh 95 of the time is is all me just making different voices <laughs> but then and then Elva Navalo, the guitarists, they're actually fantastic singers themselves. So they, they take lead, uh, like Valor takes lead for one part of, of White Vigilante, track number three. And Elva takes lead for um, uh, the, the middle verse of the last song, Catch 33. And then they also, they do a lot of the vocal harmonies with me. And then, and then of course, um, the whole band, like all five of us, so me, the, the both guitarists, the drummer, and the, and the bass player, they all double down on the screaming choirs. <laughs> and uh, then, as a tradition, uh, my brother Ingolver uh, from uh, Divine Defilement and Metzolot, uh, Plastic Gods, Severed Crotch, etc. One basically Iceland's finest uh, metal growler is, is my is my brother. So he always comes into the studio, and that's like the uh, it's like. The yeah, it's like touch. a ritual we have for every album before we, you know, send it off to be mixed. Then Ingle comes in and does some deep growling underneath our screams and it makes it really, really oh, fat. Uh, I'm, I'm going to listen to to it. Uh, next time I'm going to listen to the album, I will 
I will pay attention to all these details. Um, yeah. there, there's 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 one part where, where there's like a very 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 deep low voice singing. Um, oh yeah, that's actually another cameo. So a friend of mine from <laughs> Germany called Martin Machiero. Um, he. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he looks and sounds like Pete Steele. <laughs> okay. I was wondering, like, I, c- I can't really imagine uh, Ragnar uh, singing that deep. <laughs> no, no, no. So obviously, obviously I, I wanted to have that effect. That's kind of uh, monk Latin chanting kind of effect. And, uh, you know, none of, none of us, the members in the band had a voice like that, but I knew, I knew the perfect guy. So I called Martin and, uh, and uh, asked him to do it, and he just actually spoke into his iPhone because he didn't have a recording device. Wow! So that's what that's the recording we're hearing is just him uh, in in bed when he just woke up, going "Egatum, <laughs> But you know, it's it sounds so fucking good. <laughs> wow! So yeah, I mean that's 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 the joy of making music together with people. Like you you have a cool project going on, and then you can invite your friends over for the studio for you know a few drinks, a few laughs, and and a few, uh, yeah, recording sessions. Um, the, the Slave Manifesto um, on this album, Good Things, Bad People. The narrator for that one is uh, a friend of ours called Hörder Olofsson. He was the band leader of a band called Momentum, which was uh, Iceland's finest sort of progressive uh, psychedelic doom metal band for like, <laughs> for, for the last two decades. Um, They've quit now, but you know, a fantastic band. But he's he's obviously a friend of our band, Axel Slave, and he does all the graphic design. So all the albums, ah. CD box set, and everything. He it's his design. Uh, so he came into the studio and, and narrated, um, the, yeah, the Slave Manifesto. And uh, another cameo is a friend of mine in London who narrates the beginning and ending of Tagirit, because for that song I wanted to have like a like a Tolkien-esque uh, British headmaster kind of voice, you know, uh, to, to set up the story of uh, this this crazy story that I tell in Tagirit. So I called my friend Tom uh, in London, Thomas Alexander Clark, and uh, asked him to send him the lyrics and said, can you read this in your British headmaster voice? And he was at the toilet at the time, so he uh, he just recorded that into his, his iPhone <laughs> while at the toilet. And... Uh, it was perfect. So I just added some vinyl distortion to make it sound even more like like something that you dug up from, you know, from, from, the, archives, that you, from the archives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ages of old. And uh, and he is a bonus. He uh, recorded some Shakespearean swear words, I think from Richard III, stuff like that. Villain, I have done thy mother. <laughs> <laughs> so he just recorded like uh, a minute or so of, of these Shakespearean insults. And when I heard that, I thought it was so cool. So that's how the song ends. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the thing, the joy, about, the joy of having a band like As a Slave is that you create, it's so free in its expression and you can invite these crazy accidents to happen so when your friend is on the toilet recording Shakespearean swear words you're like hey cool let's put that in the song you know that will never happen with Austin or any other band I mean there's a different purpose and a different uh, agenda or a different approach to creation there but mm-hmm. in As a Slave everything is so free and which means we the members we're having such a great time making this music and yeah and hopefully a few progressive cats like yourself gets, gets it you know and can you know 
chuckle <laughs> while listening to the to the songs. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, or we talked about uh, a little bit about our studio already. Um, so I believe you're also still busy behind the scenes in that camp, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Our where we are, we have big things on the horizon. <laughs> um, we were obviously we didn't tour for a whole year, so we just sat in our rehearsing space and. and and uh, we're writing songs. And I was actually finishing the vocals for Good Things, Bad People, uh, the album, la June last year. And so I didn't uh, didn't see the, see the Arstier guys for a few weeks while I was finishing that. And when I came back to, uh, to Camp Arstier, they had written like 12 songs or something. <laughs> and I was like, shit, uh, I got to step up my game. So I started writing a lot of songs and it became like a competition between us who can write the most songs. So we ended up with 30 plus songs and most of them good. So our still is actually planning to release, uh, you know, we're, we're planning multiple releases in the coming years. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good music on the horizon. Any, any, any hints about uh, the direction? I mean, uh, Nivalis was introducing more and more of the, the electronic and uh, modern side um, now that you have so many, so many um, compositions already mm. uh, in the uh, in, in the bag uh, in the in the back of your, how do you say it? You know what I mean? Um, are there like still exploring both sides or various sides of the Arstidir, um world? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We are uh, slowly moving into more electric territory in Arstir. but the. The first album of possibly three that we are going to re you know, release from this material will be released this fall, and that's going to be sort of back to basics. So we just took all the songs that sound like old Arstir and put them on one in one pile. So that's going to be yeah. an album we're releasing uh, this this fall, and the first single, All Is Well. Uh, sort of points in direction. It's like kind of traditional sounding Arstid with a acoustic guitar and just vocal harmonies, kind of folky sounding. But then, yeah, over the next year or two, we'll, we'll slowly progress again into a more electric territory. <laughs> yeah, with all this, well, you um, the, the the you initially uh, released it uh, with English lyrics, but then a couple of weeks later, you um, put out the an Icelandic version. Mm -hmm. um, so, so is there gonna be more Icelandic stuff on the upcoming RCD album as well, or is it absolutely? Actually, the whole album will be just in Icelandic. Okay, I think uh, we, we, yeah, yeah. we always made fifty-fifty, but uh, uh, we thought let's do one just in Icelandic. Nice. I think uh, a lot of uh, friends of mine who are fans of RCD are there. They they really like the the Icelandic uh, the songs with Icelandic lyrics um, for some reason I can I can absolutely understand that because it's I mean it's something something different something unusual for for us non Icelanders <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah I think they, they they'll be very happy uh, about that um, any other project you wanna you wanna um, Teas you have in the in the making are that that's like your main stuff right now. Well, yeah, um, I've written a new solo album as well. So for my solo project, 
Yeah. Um, actually, I wrote the whole whole album um, just before the pandemic hit. I was in Mexico for five weeks and uh, traveling with a friend of mine. Uh, actually, uh, three friends of mine. We were four guys traveling traveling the jungles of, of southern Mexico <laughs> on a pickup truck, an wow. 86 Chevy, six Chevy. So we took the Chevy to the levee, so to speak. <laughs> and I was just fiddling away on a, on a, on a, on a Spanish guitar the whole time and came up with a bunch of songs. So uh, I've just started recording um, songs for that album. It's, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be called Simply Mexico and the leading single, Mexico will be out next month. <laughs> so Just like there's... the previous uh, solo album was Mississippi, right? Exactly, <laughs> and that's bec- that's becoming sort of a theme for for my solo projects. Like, and I think I'll keep it that way in the future. I'll you know I'll go on a trip to a place and I will write songs there, and the songs will have you know uh, absorb the energy of that place somehow, and, uh, and then I'll just name the album after the place. And <laughs> it's like it's good. it's like a nice game. To yeah. play, I think. And then, yeah, actually, um, I can also tell you that for the past months, my uh, main job has been uh, to record and compose music for an Icelandic TV series. Wow. So, yeah, my first sort of step into the world of TV. And um, it's uh, it's eight episodes, one season. So seven hours of TV and 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 about three hours of music that I had to write and record. So there will be another side of me uh, on display like next winter when this TV series comes out. Great. Keep, keep, us, uh, keep us informed about that. Um, I'm, I'm super curious how that's going to sound, and uh, hopefully it, it's going to end up on international streaming services as well so we can have a look and listen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the plan. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I'm super excited about Ask the Slaves' new album, "Good Things, Bad People," uh, which is coming out in a couple of days on June fourth. And mm-hmm. uh, I wish you all the best with 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 uh, yeah, showing the world whole world now how crazy you guys are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we can't wait, actually, and I think uh, we always felt that you know, out there there must be more people like us who appreciate uh, you know weird ways of making music and you know, yeah, the the freedom of expression, sort of, and uh, so we we're, we're looking forward to sort of having our music find those listeners and uh, yeah, and so, then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Great. One one last thing about Ask the Slave. You you already told us that back back in the day when you had your first run, you were very very active, playing live in the Icelandic scene. Um, so once this is possible again, is there, are are you planning or hoping on like you know jumping on a plane with the whole crew and uh, play somewhere else? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean that's that's something that we're. Uh, already planning with together with the uh, our Norwegian based label Crime Records, uh, yeah, gigs for gigs and festivals for uh, for the in the foresee- foreseeable future, and uh, yeah, the band is is tight and better sound than ever. So we're we're ready to go. Crazy, I, I have the, the I'm I'm really curious how how this uh, material translates live because it's so there's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> put it mildly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's a challenge. It, it's a challenge, but that's you know, 
that's the you know the plan <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh before i let you go uh, my last question always is what's in your walk man what have you been listening to lately anything that you want to recommend our to our listeners yeah actually um i've been catching up on the a few albums that i missed out on evergrey so evergrey is one of my sort of favorite uh, uh power metal bands and um but in the past year or two, I haven't really sort of paid attention to them, and they released an album almost annually now. Yeah. So, uh, and it's like the, the perfect music sort of when I've been writing uh, cinematic music for for the TV series every day when I walk home from the studio. Evergrey is like the uh, the perfect way to to cleanse the system, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I've been sort of catching up on on the latest releases of Evergrey, and that's always nice to come back to yeah cool um i already mentioned that that uh, um i was uh, reminded uh, a little bit uh, of gargoyle by mm -hmm. by listening to ask the slave uh so that would be definitely another recommendation i want to put out there because i think that um it's a new project by the guitar player from revocation um dave davidson uh who i also had the pleasure to interview last year uh for the release of the album uh, i think it was out on season of mist even so um uh that's a that's a very cool thing to dig in if you're uh into that 90s king crimson stuff that uh, nobody else does um <laughs> uh, apart from that i've been listening a lot to the new white moth black butterfly album this week uh which All just right. dropped two days ago um it is absolutely mesmerizing and uh daniel tompkins sounds better than ever it's uh, truly uh and inspiring and a lot of goosebumps inducing moments um, all right <laughs> nice nice uh recommendation there i'm gonna check both out today awesome um ragnar it's been a pleasure uh to to catch up and uh, hear what you've been up to <laughs> Likewise, always a pleasure, man. Uh, I Good hope talks. we're gonna see each other very soon. With I don't mind which band, <laughs> just come <laughs> over and play. <laughs> yeah, when it's we'll possible do, again. <laughs> we'll do. Um, to our listeners out there, as always, um, yeah, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. Progcast is a Stuist Media podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Progcast Podcast. To learn more about Stuist Media, check out stuistmedia.com. Progcast is hosted and produced by Dario Albrecht and myself, Randy M. Salo, and is co-produced by Janine Stengel-Lewis and Blake Lewis. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday. See you next time, Prog fam. Progcast.